welcome to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where great friends recap romance novels while making up historical time periods and laughing at ourselves. April is a huge month in my house. Oh my gosh, especially this year. So it starts, of course, with St. Vincent Day. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who participated, both on the podcast and on social media. Like, I had so much fun. I was a little bit nervous about it. And I don't know, y'all are just the best and I appreciate you. Then we've got my son's birthday and my birthday. And this year, I'm also heading to a polycon during the last weekend of the month. So basically, I'm going to do my best to schedule episodes in advance. But if I need to do an encore episode, I'm telling you why in advance. Don't worry, patrons. I have got content in the bank for you. So you won't be impacted at all. Oh, and patrons who won advanced reader copies of The Fiancé Farce by Alexandria Bellaflor should be seeing them in the mail soon or have already gotten them. Our April hang with Alexandria is at 8 p.m. Eastern on April 26th, so mark your calendars. It's going to be a blast. But today, we've got a fantastic episode about a classic romance novel. Sophie Jordan joins me to recap Gentle Rogue by Joanna Lindsay. Here we go. Sophie, I'm so excited to see you. You too. It's been an age. It's been an age, an actual age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was so fun last time. And I've only heard amazing things about your new release. So I want to hear all about that too. And like how it's going. <laughs> it's exciting. It's been a week. It's only like been out since, I don't know, what day? What is today? What, oh, year what is today? It? It's the last day of March. <laughs> Wait, is it the I, second to the last day of oh March? Oh my gosh. That knows? puts all my like deadline, my looming deadline in perspective <laughs> when you, I'm about, when you're, when you're going to move a whole lot in a day. Oh, I know. We're hoping to launch the Dangerous Tides Kickstarter at the end of April. And so we're we're in like, you know, within in the, the 30 day mark yes. now. And I'm like, ah, are all the pieces ready? <laughs> no, no. Nothing's oh ever ready. Nothing's ever completely ready, but that's okay. Mm-mm. Like that's I said, right. come as you are. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So how's it going with the release? And how's the newest book? So it's book? good. So, it, you know, it's first book in a new series. Mm-hmm. It's been really exciting. Everybody has been really great I love I mean posting about it yeah. there feels like there's a lot of buzz maybe it's yeah. just I don't know maybe it's spring right I don't know coming out of winter that's a really good point I don't know. spring is an excellent release time because everybody feels rejuvenated oh, it does it feels like a rebirth it's a new series so and it's a new format that I I have never done a historical romance and trade so all mm-hmm. of it feels new again which oh. at this stage of my career what I can still uh, be reinventing myself yeah. feels great. I mean, yeah. it feels necessary, but it feels good, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your mm-hmm. aim with this new series? So I've been writing historical romance for a really long time. So I just yeah. wanted to make it like a, I mean, 
it felt like it was a bigger book. It's got a bigger cast of characters. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, it's a girl gang. It's a girl tribe. Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, of course, there's still a romance that every, there will be a romance at the core of every story. Yeah. But the reader is in this journey for for the girls, like yeah. for the friendships. So, and because there's lots of point of views, it just felt like yeah. it is a bigger historical romance than I typically write. Right. So right. it fit to move to a f- different format too, like to make Ooh. this a trade book, give it a different cover treatment. It was just yeah. all of it feels really new and fresh and exciting. That's so cool. And you get to play with like, you know, you're really good at putting the, like making the side characters memorable, but like really, really enmeshing the friendships in the romance, mm-hmm. I think is such a fun and cool thing to read, certainly. But was it fun to write too? It is, you know, and for someone, you're right. Like, even in my past historicals, like, the friendships, sisters, like, I've always had that in my books. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a sister, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting. I have nieces (laughs) that are sisters. And it's not easy. But in my mind, it would be, I always wanted a sister. I always did. Even though friends that had sisters they're like they're the worst yeah. you don't want a sister and yeah. you're like no it'd be amazing yeah. so yeah i've always written sisters and i've always written friend- female friendships so yeah. just to blow that up was right. really fun and right. you know I, I pitched it as you know it's like regency meets real housewives there's a lot of drama uh-huh. um, and i when i started thinking about the friend group i yeah. really thought about you've ever had that that friend group or that crew where you know there's maybe five or six of you Mm -hmm. in it It, some of you are closer than others sure and sometimes there's always one girl you could like kick out of the group like you have no (laughs) use for this person but you don't get to kick her out because she's besties with your best somebody else you know like Mm -hmm. i that just feels really authentic to me very mm-hmm. real. And I yeah. mean, and I have I have a daughter and I've watched her come up with friends and I've seen it the same thing. I've right. seen her be best friends with these two, but really doesn't like this other girl, but she's always included because she's best with those two, you know. Package deal. So it's like just, you- <laughs> right. We're all, you know, it's a little complicated. Friendships yeah. are complicated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and my my daughter has a friend right now who there's always friction. They sometimes get into it. But at the same time, she admits and acknowledges this is the friend she'd take to a knife fight. Like oh. this girl would throw down for her, yeah. even though she's a prickly person. Yeah. And I like that angle, too. So, I, you know, just being able to write all these different types of relationships and friendships. And they're not always that easy. I mean, no, I'm a huge Golden <gasps> Girl fan, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and how many of those episodes are they sometimes on the outs or they pick on each other or they're complicated, but they're there for you. Right. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. are there for each other. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love that you're giving that its own due just because, you know, one of the things that I love in a friendship on, in a romance novel is when it's allowed to be complicated and it's not just like, this is my person. She, you know, she's mm-hmm. perfect. We never have fights. We never, because that doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real to me. But if you can get those, you know, sneak those little elements in, that's, that's mm-hmm. really, really fun. Awesome. Well, do you want to yeah. give us the elevator pitch? 
Oh my gosh, what is my elevator pitch? Okay. Or you can give us your drawing room pitch, whatever you want. Book one is the Countess's story. She mm-hmm. she kicks off the series. She is a matron. She's late 30s. I like writing about older oh, heroines. Yeah. She's a mother. She has a daughter that is debuting into the marriage mart, into the season. Ooh. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to, you know, some in my friend group, they're, they kind of run this age spectrum where you have, like, I mean, you could consider her daughter to be part of the friend group in a sense. But yeah. um, so with that in mind, yeah, in my scandalous ladies of London, they run from, you know, 20 to 39. Mm-hmm. And so the Countess is kicking off the season, you know, entering her daughter into society. They into doing the her ton. daughter into society, into the ton. <laughs> she is married to like a miserable asshole. Oh, no. And... That's just, you know, it wasn't her choice. It was kind of an arranged marriage. This yeah. was, that was the convention of the time. So her love interest is not her husband. <gasps> so that's a little tabooy, right? I love I, it. So, but she's not looking for, she's never had an affair. Husband's affairs all over the place and yeah, has ever yeah. since they married. She's not looking for that. She doesn't want to be anything like her husband, who is, you know, right. the king of infidelity. Yeah. And prides herself on being better than he is. But at the beginning in the book, she meets, you know, in a garden. And, you know, oh, I love man, a man and she's intrigued. Uh-huh. He's into her. She's into him. She doesn't know who he is. Sparks fly. And then she finds out that he is the suitor that her wretched husband has handpicked for her daughter. <gasps> so, Ooh. And he's a little younger than her. So I love it. Sophie, the intrigue. Oh, oh my God. I love it. (laughs) So it's like taboo, taboo, taboo. Like check the boxes for forbidden and taboo. That's what I, yeah, yeah. So very complicated, very impossible. I think I pitched it. One of my writer friends, I think Shana Galen, I told her the premise. She was like, huh, well, I'm interested to see how you pull that off how you write your way out of it yeah how do i write my way out of it when they couldn't in regency england there is no way to get a divorce so that was tricky i'm very intrigued is it murder (laughs) i feel like that would be a separate genre (laughs) it is a little bit intriguing for sure no spoilers no spoilers Uh -uh, uh -uh. no everybody everybody Mm -hmm. wants to read the book we only spoiler the books we recap here (laughs) i do like the idea that canon in my head until I until I actually get to read the book is that she murders him. She just does a murder. I mean, he really murder. deserves to be murdered, probably. I mean, if anybody deserves. I mean, he's Absolutely. probably out there with deserving of murder. Hell yes. <laughs> in a fictional world. Yeah. Someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what made you want to do like this taboo situation? It's so good. Well, you know, I just think about how in the Regency era, we yeah. write these romances with HEA and they find they're happily mm-hmm. ever after. But I often think about how probably difficult that was, right? For these and how women. rare probably it was. Right. Yeah. How uncommon it was. Right. So, and you think, you know, you, it's the scandalous ladies of London and they're yeah. all privileged women in a sense that they come from money and wealth. But at the same time, they have no autonomy. They're still property. So, yeah. Right. They can't, they can't get a divorce. They can't, for the most part, choose their spouses, you know, which in The Countess, that is part of her motivation. When she hears her husband is handpicked 
a suitor for her daughter. She's like, no, not my daughter. I want her to have better than I do. Right. I don't want her to live the life I'm living. I want her to be with a partner she chooses. Right. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, there's just trying to find happily ever after for people that typically wouldn't have it is what intrigued me. And, you know, I'm, I love reality television. I, yeah. I watch a lot of Bravo. I watch a little, t- a lot of TLC. Mm-hmm. I'm into the drama. So writing it, yeah, with a very like kind of modern sensibility too was fun. Like, you know, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah bring on the t- the wig pulling and that table flipping and the, hey. you know, here's this group of women. The drama is deep. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh, I so. love mess. <laughs> It's and messy for sure. I love right? that. That's what we do. That's what yeah. conflict is. Who wants? Yeah. I can't. I mean, can't write a book without conflict. Or do I want to read one? So yeah. Well, and it's interesting because the book we're recapping today kind of doesn't have any conflict until it's manufactured. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's all. It's very yeah. It's loads of internal, right? Mm, yeah. 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 Okay. So. This is a listener recommendation because we do, we bribe people to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if they give okay. us a five-star review, we will guarantee that we'll eventually do the book that they they suggest. The list is deep, though, and so people have waited years. <laughs> but Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this has been something that's been, you know, multiple, multiple people have requested. So... We're doing Gentle Rogue today, and I'm excited about it because I think I've only read one other Joanna Lindsay book. I'm an uncultured swine when it comes to romance history sometimes. You know, sorry, everyone. No, I mean, Joanna Lindsay was like, I cut my teeth on her. I've read her, and Gentle Rogue is one I've read many times. Reread, reread, reread. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. So I could talk Gentle Rogue. <gasps> I'm stoked for, about it. like a long time. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, love, I like looked behind me because on my shelf, I have the original book. Like it's probably not the first print run, but it is the original cover, it. clinch cover. <gasps> anyway. That's so good. There's so many things that stand out in my memory about that book. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so many things that I, I read it today or when I read it, I was thinking like, Like at first it was sort of this moment of like, oh, that again. But then I realized, no, 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 no. Sit down, Melody. This is how the trope, Mm -hmm. like this is one of the um, seminal texts, you know, that sort of started a lot of different tropes. I think after Gentle Rogue, there was a whole slew of like cross-dressing heroines. For sure. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay. So the other reason that I've been really excited about it is that obviously in like the late stages of getting this Dangerous Tides series together, it's been pirate times all the time over here Mm -hmm. in HBHQ. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this works with Gentle Rogue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was pitched as pirate times. And even though he's retired... Still, it still works really, really well. Yeah, I mean, he's still pretty much that privateer, right? And I mean, if he goes to certain areas, they remember him as the, you know, pirate or what. Like, there's still 
definitely shorelines where he would not be welcome, which is why it's so enticing when he goes after her to one such place where mm-hmm. if he shows his ship, they are going to string him up or they're going to yeah. throw him in a dungeon, which yeah. happens. And I feel like this book has been out so long. Sorry, spoiler, you're coming. Oh, it's no. Sort of like, it's the whole right? show. When a book you're fine. or a movie has been out so long, you can't Absolutely. worry about spoiling it. Yeah. I mean, when she leaves, I mean, there's a, oh my God, where do I even begin with this well, book? Well, let's start at the beginning. So okay. the beginning right. is so interesting to me because it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the love story. One of the things I really yeah. actually like about this book is that it feels more, it feels like it's more about her than it oh, yeah. is necessarily about the relationship. And that's a love story in itself. It's classic historical in the sense that, like, if I wrote it today, there might be a suggestion from my editor that I cut the first 50 pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's her journey. Like, we go with her in the beginning, how she's in love with this other, ma- you know, she's loved and been promised, you know, made a she's promise. She's affianced. Yes, to this boyhood love. Nothing mm-hmm. ever happened between them. It was really puppy love. Yeah. And didn't she like, she was kind of an awkward teen. Like um, she wasn't even that cute then. So I'm when so she does- sorry, Sophie. She was ugly. Uh, the text I'm makes sorry. it very clear. <laughs> very clear. She was she a big was old a- uggo. Thank you, Joanna Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> the Joanna Lindsay will just say it. So she came into her own. She blossomed late in life. So this boy- that she was in love with and he promised to marry her, did not know her as the ravishing beauty she has oh, become, which yes. feels so very, like, classic, historical. That's OG, Absolutely. definitely. So Absolutely. she's blossomed. She shows that she tracks him down yeah. years she's later. She's waiting for him for six yes. years. She's so loyal. She's very right. loyal. She's yeah. this beautiful thing with money and like ships of her own, like yeah. an empire at her fingertips. Yeah. And she's tracked him down to his very humble abode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about it? Retelling this sounds so... <laughs> and he's got like, oh, he's married and he has eight children more than remind mo- me. One, one child. But the moment when she says, when she says, whose child is that, Malcolm? Like, oh, love. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're in for a rude awakening right now. <laughs> and there's the moment where he, like, he's looking at her. He's checking her out. He's like, I can't believe. I uh-huh. <laughs> can't believe she's here. Can't believe she's this hot. Can't believe I let this hot <sighs> rich girl. Rich. Lying between my fingers. <laughs> and I mean, the best, like, the best part is that she's not even rubbing it in his face. She's just like, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you're second mate on, because he's like, ah, I've done pretty well for myself. Like, I worked my way up yeah, to second yeah. mate. And she's like, oh, great. That, all that experience will be so wonderful when you come captain all of my ships, because I own many ships who my husband will captain. And he's just right. like melting inside. Yes. Being like, yes. no, my life choices are duh. <laughs> <laughs> and then who's her companion the guy that's with Mac. her like Mac. Mac and he's like that guy is kicking himself <laughs> oh yeah and Mac <laughs> Mac is such a funny character to me Mac and what is it Connie Connie's his first mm-hmm. mate mm-hmm. they're both so funny to me because with the 90s head hopping that I always forget right, right. happened and I actually usually think is really really cool 
And especially in this one, because it's not just head hopping between the two main characters. We go to Max's head. We go to Connie's head. We go to all Funny. of her mm-hmm. brother's head. Right. Like, we get to watch their dynamic from outside of both of them for right, a the shocking scene. amount of this mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Right, so, right. Max just standing there being like, oh, like we, we're the people um, or I'm sorry, he's the person we get to hear whose child is that. Um, and so he's just like, oh, this, <laughs> it's just he yeah. has the same reaction that the reader does. And it's delicious, honestly. Yeah. And she's so like, you know, she's in typical fashion, not quite aware of her beauty. Which, she has no idea. Which, Again, feels a little old school because I feel yeah. like when you write heroines today, we write them a little more self-aware. Like, yeah, I mean, they know what they are and what they aren't. Absolutely. But like a hot heroine knows her own power. She's you got know? an inkling. Yeah. Yeah. She at least knows what it can do for her, if not mm-hmm. like where she stands in the <laughs> patriarchal I mean, ranking system. Right. Her <laughs> eyes are wide open and That's she right. sees how people, how men react to her, yeah. you know. But yeah. anyway, you know. George, she doesn't know her own power. No idea. And mm-hmm. it's so again, like we we can basically skip almost to chapter 11, basically, because the whole thing is her looking for her fiance. But one very notable section of this two two notable things is the very first day they get there, they're robbed. And so they have oh, yeah. they have to move out of the hotel. They're living in squalor. Mac is like mm-hmm. working his way for like their meals and stuff. And obviously, they don't have a way to purchase their passage back to America. They need to get back to Bridgeport, Connecticut, Mm -hmm. where basically she's the queen of Bridgeport. Then the other notable thing is that she does talk Mac because he's he's sort of like an uncle figure in the family. He's like worked for them for so long that they're basically family. And he's an adorable pushover with her, even though he tries Mm -hmm. so hard to be stern. Mm -hmm. And she one night talks him into letting her disguise herself as a boy and go into a tavern. And meanwhile, for like Mallory reasons that I'm sure happened in the book before, Mm -hmm. Anthony and James are also there looking for a redheaded Scott named Cameron so that they can just beat him down a little bit and be like, right. Stay away from my now wife. She's wife now. And which, that's Tinder Rebel, I think, which is a very Tinder good book Rebel. in its own. But yeah, yeah so he's in there like with it, yeah. his, the brothers are in there together. Yes. Because mm-hmm. that is the enemy of that book. So they're there yeah. to look for an, an, you know, the guy, yeah. this redheaded Scott who deserves to be down. Yeah. It sounded like it for sure. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, he's redheaded. Hmm, I bet it's him. Mm -hmm. And so they say Cameron, not realizing that Mac and Georgie are looking for a guy called Malcolm Cameron. So they look over Mm -hmm. and Anthony's like, that's all the confirmation I need. It's beat down time. So (laughs) they go over there and basically like, you know, they realize their misunderstanding in time. But James, this like, she, she calls him the brick wall, this blonde brick wall mm-hmm. who's the most handsome person she's ever seen. He, like, picks her up bodily under his arm and is going to take her outside because they realize that she is a she is but a chit. And <laughs> yes, not the little, you know, not the boy they believe. Absolutely. 
And like he, he or Anthony, listen, there's fists that are thrown and it's obvious that he is a skilled pugilist as well. A danger. He's a mm-hmm. danger man. And they take him outside and they manage to like escape from them. So then we get into Anthony and James's perspective and James is like, wow, I did talk to that, you know, that common wench in there about coming back at around two in the morning. But I'm just so intrigued by the girl dressed as a boy. I wish I could find right. her. <laughs> and, and important to know, right, they did not, re- she doesn't realize that he knew she was yeah. a girl. No idea. That's so important for like over half the book almost. You know, uh, yes. At least half the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So basically, yada, yada, yada. They have to try to get home. And they're, one of the plans is like, maybe we can board a ship that's like even heading to Jamaica or something. And if we work our right. way on the ship, then, you know, we can do that. But it does require her to dress as a boy again. And mm-hmm. I really liked this, too. Because Mac was like, you're not going to do anything. Like, I'll just get you on the ship as my little brother and I will work for our passage. You Mm -hmm. don't. And she's like, I will be so bored. Also, I'm like a big shipping magnate. I know how to climb a rigging and do a rope. She's grown up around ships and boats. I mean, Lindsay really makes it all sound romantic being on this ship in the high seas. I would be vomiting my guts. Like, I would probably perish. I don't think I'd make, I'd be one of those people (laughs) that used, like, because I know I've gone deep sea fishing one time. Okay. And it was miserable. And I couldn't stop vomiting. So I was like, I'm pretty sure if I had to go, like, cross the ocean, I'd be, I'd die. Like, yeah. I would just never, the vomiting <laughs> would never stop, you I know? Literally, you're, you're Jamie Fraser from Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how exactly, which yeah, I felt and- that was a good touch, right? So it's so very human, but she's just, you know, just climbs the riggings like a little spider and just yeah. off she goes. And Well, and also she's like, it's like a month. I'll be bored to tears if I don't have and a uh, purpose on yeah, the ship. Yeah, no big deal. On yeah. a sh- ship with a bunch of men and, right, you know. Right. So they agree. Subpar food. Oh, God, yeah. And, like, the livestock, the the live livestock on the ship. Like, it can't, again, I love how it's, like, Lindsay writes this book where, like, 80% of it is on a boat and uh-huh. manages to make it romantic. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it is actually a hellscape. <laughs> yes. For sure. <laughs> So the important thing about this is that she's going to be the cabin boy and mm-hmm. she's like, it's not an English ship. Be- oh, because there's big politics in this book. She hates all English. Yeah. So do her brothers. There's like, you know, mm-hmm. war times that they're still mad about. It's fine. Right. They're, the war is <laughs> over, but, you know, in their mind, the bias is forever there. Absolutely. And so her whole thing is we can get to Jamaica and then one of my brother's ships will be there at some point and then we'll go somewhere else because okay one thing that we do sort of just have to like say (laughs) is that it's bad guys like it's bad it's obviously bad like they're obviously trafficking people sometimes or at Mm -hmm. least everybody fucking in this book owns a plantation 
that very likely mm-hmm. uh, has her eyes enslaving people. And like, she's very rich and he's very I mean, rich. And like, it's because they've at least been like doing adjacent stuff. Right. I with think enslavers. adjacent is a good word, right? I mean, it's what, 1820 by now? What is the year? I mean, to, what is the year we're talking about? Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. outlawed in England itself, but like everywhere else. Certainly right. in Jamaica. Right. It's super legal and super uh loved because that's how all the aristocratic mm-hmm. families have their monies. Listen, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's historical romance. So yeah, we do sort of have to like acknowledge that and realize that it's Well, and her family's wealth is I mean, they're a shipping empire, right? So yeah. I mean what are they doing? What are they shipping? I mean, I, mean yeah. I guess it's just product. I mean, they're not like, they don't have I don't slave know. cargo. I right? don't know, they, Sophie. I mean, it's... they're out of Connecticut. I want to, you know, I want to believe they that. They talk about how, what the hell? Who they knows? They always talk about how lucrative the West Indies are. And like, oh, see, I haven't read where... that in a long time. That would make me cringe now for sure. I, yeah. Like I yeah. said, I'd reread this book <laughs> many times mm-hmm. enough to know the plot, but it's oh, been yeah. like a good 10 years. You yeah. coming out of this with a really fresh read. But Absolutely. yeah, so these and, are. And like are, a today This times. is a family there's, that yeah, there's has no nostalgia here. its wealth on colonial powers. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Hardcore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, she's like, I'm going to be the best cabin boy in the whole wide world because while I used to be an ugly duckling and now I'm a swan and I do have breastuses that make everybody's heads turn, I can magically (laughs) turn into a boy. No problem. It's fine. Nobody will ever know. (laughs) Well, and most people, what's so funny is like nobody does except him. Like instantly (laughs) he has this radar who's like... Female mm-hmm. breastuses. Yeah. Oh, and the hot girl. Like instantly he know uh-huh. recognizes her from that night. He knows. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. But he doesn't let her know he knows. No. Which is fun. But messes with her head the entire time, right? Like uh it also messed you know. with the reader's head. Me, Melody, it messed with my head a tiny bit. <laughs> um, so, okay, the other thing that I have to say, I was so excited when I read this because so CM Nascosta is writing, I'm sorry, I'm gonna mention it again, on Dangerous Tides. And her book is called To Ravish a Rogue. And I just mm-hmm. realized that. It's sort of a, a switch on this because obviously CM Nascosta is monster. But mm-hmm. one of the main plot lines is that the heroine stows away as the cabin boy of the captain's ship. And they, I know he and he knows she is her the whole time. She doesn't mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. that he knows that she knows. And, and and like he makes her move into his cabin just like James does Gent- like ah! maybe she's in, maybe this is some gentle rogue inspiration. I I, I really think it is. I mean, it's called to she named it to ravish a rogue, and I'm sure. I That's, it's so good. I mean, <laughs> cabin boy in disguise is its mm-hmm. own trope, as in it has right. To be. I guess yeah. now as invented by Johanna Lindsay. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens, and he's like clocked it. I know those breastuses a mile away. And he decides to fuck with her and seduce her at the same time until she just, like, falls at his feet asking him to pleasure her. 
But it's also adorable because there's some conflicting stuff about her character that adds like believable wrinkles. But still, I'm just like, really, girl? Because she has five brothers, right? And so she knows about dudes and dude bodies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he has her move into the cabin and she's really upset about it because she also recognizes him as the brick wall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she wants to actually get off the boat. And he realizes that. And so he he like... (laughs) He like makes her eat his food and she's so nervous and she eats it so fast that she actually just like goes and vomits. And then he makes her like nap in his bed. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to like, let me, you know, it's great you because he, yeah. he's already he's already decided the moment he sees her on mm-hmm. the ship. Oh, this is going to be fun. And oh, you yeah. and I are on, you know, this is on. Oh, yeah. The whole time. And and it's great because he he really he intentionally fucks with her head, too, because he'll be like mm-hmm. he'll be like, oh, he walks into the room while she's changing at one point. And he's like, oh, if you're going to be missish about it, then, you know, put a sign <laughs> on the door and I won't come in or whatever. And she's like, weird that he's doing that for a mere cabin boy. That's fine. I'll right, move on. Right. And then there are other times where like he's obviously making big, giant exceptions for her. And Mm -hmm. it's honestly fantastic. Okay. So he keeps her on the boat long enough that she's like too far away to swim back to England and escape him. And then like she does get clobbered by uh, one of the mates, (laughs) one of the sailors. Because they just think he's moving slowly. This lad needs to hop to it. That's a delicious scene, right? Where Mm -hmm. you see him about like lose his mind. Yeah. Yeah. No one. Yeah. And it's from Connie's point of view. And it's Connie talking fun. this man off an actual murder ledge. Like, he's, yes. he's so he's ready. He's like, you touched her. I'm going to destroy you. And everyone's uh-huh. sort of like, but it's just a boy yeah. that needs to know he, how This is how we is treat work. boys on ships. And this is what we've always done. And, mm-hmm. you know, someone needs to pull their weight and work. And if they don't, mm-hmm. we're going to clobber them. So why do you not think so crazy? Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And Connie, like, literally explains all of that. And he's like, he's like, what do you think is going to happen if you go and mm-hmm. defend this boy? Like, everybody's right. going to look at him sideways again. And, like, right. really, are, they're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? What's special about right. this you boy? You cannot murder this man for doing this. But what happens, remember? <laughs> he doesn't have to murder him because. <laughs> He's just like, Connie, make him suffer. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, doesn't. Um, and Mac, Mac also goes in? over. Yeah. yeah, Mac steps in and mm-hmm. is like, hey, I'm I'm the protector here. I'm so the big brother here. Least, yeah, that's what at least saved uh, Jamie from making, yeah. you know, outing himself as being much too possessive and protective over yeah. a cabin boy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And James actually says that, too. He's like, well, at least Mac took care of it, kind of. But, like, you're going to make him swab the deck for 16 hours straight or something ridiculous. Yes. So, yeah. And then it sort of goes on from there. We keep on seeing them. Like, she has a little hammock in his room. And he Mm -hmm. now decides that he has to bathe every single day. When normally he maybe bathes once a week on the ship. Right. I know. She's like, God, he's obsessed with cleanliness. 
happiness. Yeah. And also, <laughs> he's obsessed with me washing his back. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Why is he making me touch him so much? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, um, And then, okay, so then there's there's a point where finally he's like, hey, boy, you smell terrible. I have yes. noticed that you have not taken a single bath the whole time. And so I, as mm-hmm. your captain, am telling Demand. you. Yes. Yeah. You have to. You have to do that. And and so she gets like she gets like a little upset about it. And then she's constantly having to check herself because she wants to respond as the privileged lady she is, but then has to remember that she is but a lowly cabin boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this is so funny to me because as he's like, as he's like, hey, I will even not be in there for the whole time. Like, you can come get me when you're done with the bath. Right, but right. But you have to bathe. And and then as she's like stomping away, he's like, ah, oh, you idiot. Like, you can't tell a woman she stinks. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how am I going to get her to yeah. fall into my arms if I tell her she smells right. bad? <laughs> but he's like, but she smells bad. <laughs> But it's horrendous. Yes, I can't yes. put my mouth on that. Come on. I know. I know. She smells bad because, well, how has she been able to bathe with him always around? But Absolutely. it's understandable why she smells bad. But uh-huh. you stink, honey. Yeah. Honey, you stink. And then <laughs> at the same time, please tell me you remember this because it's going to be seared into my brain. I bet I bet I know where you're going. To say it out loud. <laughs> no, you say it out loud. You say it out loud. She keeps on mistaking arousal for nausea. I mean, I am telling you, that is one of, that is like the thing that is quintessential about this book that I've never forgotten. Because she's, even though she's had these five brothers and knows a lot about Mm -hmm. men and boys and their anatomy and their Mm -hmm. habits and their, you know, she's raised by brothers. She gets all that. She does not understand arousal. So she mistakes arousal for just he makes her sick like i'm nauseous he is nauseating if he comes near me or touches me i'm gonna vomit i get a tummy rumble every time he's near me basically the butterflies she feels in her belly she thinks are like Whatever she's diseased around him, like yes. it is hilarious. That and it's like I'm she's sorry never to go here. Experienced it? No. So first of all, she's 22 years old. Like, and lady. again, we got to take this back to like her lack of awareness. Like she yes. is really sheltered in this regard, right? Mm-hmm. And her lack of knowledge of how her body it feels to yeah, be attracted yeah, yeah. to somebody like yeah. which again is kind of funny because she was like a quote betrothed girl right chasing down her fiance well, well clearly she never felt aroused right no she, certainly he never did it for her at all yeah. there was no spine hingles no curling toes nothing no. like that until jamie yeah jamie's the first man she's ever felt anything for uh-huh it's and funny. he does it but for what, her for sure. He does it for her. And let's fast forward to the moment where wait, she wait, finally I'm reveals so sorry. to him. I have to, I'm so sorry to do this, but I have to spend a what? little bit more time on this because like, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about <laughs> him coming around her and like grazing her hand and her being like, do mm-hmm. I need the chamber pot? Am I going to poop myself? Like she's, she's, <laughs> she's like, I'm nauseated. Am I going to vomit? I just. <laughs> it's a lot. 
I don't know. She even asks Mac. This is how sheltered she is. And he's like, surely she couldn't be talking about what I think she's talking about. So, like, it's probably food poisoning. (laughs) She thinks it's a real, like, physical reaction that is just, you know, she's sick. Like, this is something to be discussed with others. I Mm -hmm. mean, again, back to her naivete. Because ultimately, Mm -hmm. she has to let him know he makes her sick. Like, which is precious it's amazing when she tries to explain that to him so she takes the bath and then i think like later on when he's back in the room she's like oh shoot i forgot to like smell his aftershave to see if it's one of his you know beauty products or whatever that's making me reacting (laughs) and he catches her doing this and he's like you don't need that what are you doing and she's like, honestly, I'm sorry. Like, I know you said I stink and it's, I'm not being, I'm not being vindictive, mm-hmm. but you make me sick. You make me literally sick. I'm nauseous around you. <laughs> these things that Johanna, oh my God. These, these little, like, I think these are the little nuggets in Lindsay's books, you know? Like Absolutely. she could just have written the story without that whole element yeah but it's just so funny that yeah. she and then he is horrified because he's like i repel her and i make her sick <laughs> but then he like through the he conversation plays the tape back <laughs> yeah he, he, he like peels through the layers of this and then he realizes and this is so like oh the charming glass she oh, has yeah. no idea Mm-hmm. What she has described is arousal and attraction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, again, 22 years old, she's really clueless. It's it's so <laughs> funny. And like that's one of that's one of the things. So on bonkers, we always talk about how bonkers can be anything. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. immediately go to alien or monster or whatever, but I am sorry. Right. Gentle rogue is bonkers and then nausea is like number one top of the list it's incredible i love it (laughs) i agree you're right you're right it doesn't just have to be a you know an alien with a tail or a monster it can be all these little like that is taking it there it's well and then like she sort of doesn't pull her i mean she definitely doesn't pull her punches i just can't figure out if it was like incredibly effective for me or not mm-hmm. because later on that night he's like so he figures out it's arousal and he's like okay right. a my plan of you know sort of like subtly seducing her until she's mm-hmm. so overcome she's gonna fall at my feet is obviously not gonna work because she doesn't even right. she can't even identify the sensation yeah she's not gonna <laughs> out herself and make a move on me no. and so and then he's like, okay, so I have to do this in a more straightforward way, but it's green lights go. Like, she just mm-hmm. told me that I do it for her. Yeah. So, like, we're going to do this thing. Exactly. That's so, so true. Yeah. He's like, okay, no, she's going to throw herself over the sh- board, over this ship soon. Yeah. If I don't, I have to make this clear to her what's I happening. I figure this out. Yeah. Yes. So that night, he... Wow, guys, he can't sleep. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> All this going on in his head, he can't sleep. Yeah. And so he asks her as his cabin boy, who is supposed to be 12, let's review, um, <laughs> to read him a book. And the mm-hmm. book he chooses is Erotica. And it's so, it's it's actually written 
so well because it's like the the globes of the this were, you know, just supple and whatever. And it, it wasn't even clear to me what they were describing until the very end. <laughs> I mean, and you have to hand it to him. That was pretty clever, you know? Yeah. 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 Like, let's have a read about some, you know, hot fornicating. Let's let's try to like. Well, let's help. Let's try to connect the dots for her. Yes, because if she reads something sexy and then feels a weird thing in her tummy, Mm -hmm. maybe she'll start connecting the dots. Turns out, no. Mm -hmm. She does say something to the effect of, "How dare you try to compromise the morals of a young boy?" Because that's what a 12-year-old boy would say, right? Like, she doesn't sound like a prim and proper 22-year-old no. woman there. <laughs> Does she feel all. like a virginal spinster? Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. So, like, I couldn't tell. This this felt this felt a little bit um, I don't know, like a like like a touch of homophobia, certainly not outright, you know, but there was a little bit I'm of I'm sure this is weirdness. what you're I mean yeah. Yeah, we it was nineties, absolutely. It's OG, so we've definitely got some problematic things here. Like mm-hmm. like I mean, there's no toying around because there are certainly a lot of cross dressing yeah. romances yes. where the hero or the heroine is attracted while they don't know. Yes. And they're acknowledging that like right. they're acknowledging i'm very intrigued and enticed by this same gendered person yes absolutely. and and that's a that's a revelation for them that's something they're trying to figure out because mm-hmm. it's never happened before mm-hmm. but Lindsay's very clear like he knows from the first get-go this is a woman like there's yeah. no confusion yeah she, and she doesn't allow for it no she doesn't allow for it but it's the heroine's reaction that kind of squicks me out a tiny bit because what happens is mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I have a headache. That's why I can't sleep. So go ahead. Put the sex right. book away. Uh, you can just come and rub my temples, my 12-year-old cabin boy. And she's like, OK, I have to get like closer to him. And that does and things tu- to my and tummy. And like hands on you. I have yes. to touch you. She okay. hates it. Right. Yes. Yeah. She quote unquote she hates she it. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she like rubs his temples and then as she pulls away he grabs her hands and and puts her hands on his cheeks like she's cupping his cheeks mm-hmm. and then he kisses her and she kisses him back and it's you know you know that from his point of view he has known who she is the whole time right right but her inner her monologue Mm-hmm. Once she gets past the I'm experiencing this as Georgie, the 22 year old woman, once she realizes that she's been portraying herself as a 12 year old boy, her first, at least the way I read it, it felt like her first thing was you're kissing a boy and not you're kissing a child. And right. Because her like, reaction was 12 yeah. year old, hello, pedophile, stop. That's totally that, legitimate. Yes. Yeah, but it was the boy part that she was right, like, ew, right. gross, no. And I'm like, right. no. It's, it's, oh. <laughs> like, <there's>... Right. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it was the, I get what you're saying, totally, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, but regardless, Joanna Lindsay fixes it pretty much immediately because mm-hmm. she pulls away and she's like, Captain. And he's like, oh, shush, you dear girl. And I can't do this anymore. I can't play this game. And mm-hmm. kisses her again. And she's like, OMG, he knows that I'm a lady. Mm-hmm. 
I have to figure out how long he's known. Mm -hmm. And he lies and says it's like been it's a recent thing because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to catch her ire. (laughs) Yeah. And let's like we have more important things to do right now. The dick is hard. Okay, I'm not (laughs) I don't want to put any more impediments in your way. So it's great, though, because the other thing that the okay, so the only other Johanna Lindsay I've read is Fires of Winter. And so I was Mm -hmm. very nervous about this book because that one is like roughly 80 percent rape on like like. Yeah, there are some for sure. But this one. I felt very consensual, like it's it's consensual. It's sex Mm -hmm. positive to mm-hmm. like a degree i mean literally she says in her in her inner monologue she says well then keep going captain she didn't say that out loud because it would make him laugh but she said it for her own conscience like right. she's affirming to herself that like yes mm-hmm. i am naked i do understand what a penis is and I, and it is cute because she walks that line right she says yes right. to the pleasure she wants to feel, but she does have to say, like, Captain, we're making love, right? <laughs> that is what we're doing right yeah. now. And he's like, oh, yeah, we super are. So I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a really good balance. I don't know. But, like, yeah, the only way it could have been more consensual is if she had literally said, I consent in her brain. Right. Right. But it was just a different phrasing. Right. I mean. You hear the yes. You do. You you know yeah. it. Like, yeah, you, you don't feel like, especially like you said, compared to like, there are a few select Johanna Lindsay's real like, this yeah. is not consensual. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one was totally hot. Lots of sex. Lots of Lots, sex. Of, lots of eager, <laughs> eager on both parts sex. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And okay. And then it goes a step further in the consent department because he penetrates her and it hurts. You know, mm-hmm. hello. It's her first time. Yeah. Cool. Cool sauce. And she's like, oh, uh, oh, gosh, that was really, I didn't like that at all. Like, maybe you should stop, Captain. And oh yeah. no, she says, did I mention this is my first time? And he's like, I think I just discovered that for myself. Thank you. Uh, and she's like, maybe you should stop because that really hurt. And then he's he's inside her still. Right. That's Mm -hmm, fine, mm -hmm. I think. And he says he says the pain is, you know, just sort of momentary. If you'll let me show you, it will like it'll still feel good and you might actually not want to stop. Is that okay with you? And she's like, "Okay, yeah. And so then he starts actually like, you know, thrusting Mm -hmm. and she comes and it's, you know, whatever. But like there is a moment in the middle of this sex scene where it's pretty clear that he would be fine with stopping he probably won't be happy about it yeah but he would and that feels like really different than a lot of her other books too well like this group i think anthony's book the one right before this yeah very sex positive also like very like i mean not like there's a moment in that book where she's like i don't think i she's like you know maybe we shouldn't have sex anymore i mean he's like fine then like he makes her basically she has to want it so bad that she comes oh. back to him begging for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like, love that. I mean, yeah, it feels like a different Lindsay than maybe some of her earlier books for sure. 
Yeah. And I'm looking up the publication dates right now because after reading this. Yeah. What is that? Now I'm curious. Yeah. Because, you know, when I read that, I was like, okay, it was the times, you know, we know better Mm -hmm. now or whatever. Gentle Rogue was 1990. So that's a good. Three years. of Winter. Ho! That's a full 10 years. It was in 1980. So, oh yeah. See, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can you can see how much she's grown as a writer and in how much yeah. how much the culture has grown too. Right. So it's like her as a writer, but the genre too. Like yeah. this genre has done so much work and yeah. continues to, right? Yeah. Like I mean, we feel like you said, like just our awareness too, like a responsibility now mm. to the kinds of stories we're writing, the settings, the time period, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to write, you know, colonialists or, yeah. you know, like, you yeah. know, we're like, these are the things we think about now that right. the genre never thought about, you know, 20 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 years ago, 40. Right. And, you know, rape culture still exists, but it's, it's amazing to see how much it because I, I feel like you can look at romance and get a pretty good look at internalized rape culture in some ways, you know, and right, like right. the 1980 book compared to the 1990 book. That is a huge gap. Right. That's a huge difference. 80 to 90, 90 yeah. to 2020. Yeah. Like it continues. I remember talking with Tessa Bailey about this, like mm-hmm. how to like always you don't have to have a scene. Like, I, I was like, how do we not have a scene where we're like, can we sign these papers first? Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, how do we have a scene that's just flowing? We want to keep the flow and the heat mm-hmm. and where they don't stop and have right. to enter into a written contract or verbalize. <laughs> and, yeah. and I remember thinking, we were talking about it and Tessa, her sex scenes are so great. Mm-hmm. And she always has this like, dialogue going on and then we were like I think it's the dialogue I think if you have two people that are constantly talking Mm -hmm. even if it's fun dirty filthy banter like they're doing that throughout yeah without that I think all of that dialogue Mm -hmm. the fun banter the dirty talk Mm -hmm. signals consent absolutely that doesn't happen in non-consensual situations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think that's that's a trick to do Absolutely. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I love it. I love it. I love dirty talk during sex. Same. Yeah. I mean, well, it sounds like I just said that personally, but I mean, what listen, I, who knows? Whatever. Who knows? <laughs> but I mean, when you're reading, when you're writing, when you're reading it, I just, yeah. I love banter during, during the sex scenes. Most definitely. And I think, I think that's certainly one trick. And then I don't know, one of my favorite ones, I think that Talia Hibbert does this really well in a lot of her books where she manages to make the request for consent like explicit and yet mm-hmm. so hot at the same time. And right. that's a really, I mean, that's, you know, yeah. And I think that's a really good thing to model for readers, especially younger readers, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we can we can realize that like Consent is sexy and we can get it in sexy ways. It doesn't have to be something that just like sucks all the air out of the room. In fact, it should exactly. be. No, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't no. have to be this pause. No. no. It, can, well, and, it can just naturally flow with it all. 
Yeah. I think it can be physical, too, because like in this Mm -hmm. in this first sex scene, she says the thing about, you know, I I said, uh, carry on, Captain, for my conscience. But then because that would make him laugh, she just like puts her arms around his neck and that that communicated the sentiment. Right. Well, anyway, I think it says something like that, you know, like that worked for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This was, I was so happy. Oh, God, I was so happy because I'm not going to lie. After Fires of Winter, I was really nervous. You were worried. You were I like, was worried. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I don't see. I, I think it's more, I'm not that familiar with, there was one of her early ones I read where I was like, what? Yeah. Even when I was like 15, I was reading it. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't okay yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. But for the yeah. most part, I was, I've, I'm a big fan of the Mallory series and Ooh. Yeah. And they're yes. all this. This is the standard fare. If I you love it. pick up Johanna Lindsay and read her Mallory series, mm-hmm. love following the big family saga because after Jamie, there. I mean, you go through all the brothers, all the cousins, mm-hmm. and honestly, one of not to spoil because I know we're still. I mean, one of my favorites, the other most read, yeah, is. Um, Georgie's brother, Warren. Warren? Oh, I thought it was. Oh, Warren is. Uh, if you Warren. Warren's story is crazy. <gasps> is it like? Is it a second? What are the, the hell? Hair- is it a second chance? Because in this nope. book, I'm sorry, I'm nope. skipping ahead, nope. listener. Okay, cool. Mm-mm. Because there's a moment where she, she's like, "I'm not that girl who did a bad to right. you." <laughs> right. Like, Warren what? was, what was like spurned, right? Oh. There was a spurned thing mm. going. There is a bad ex down the, in Warren's history yeah. um, that like changed who he is a lot and formed oh. him into, he is, the, he is the stern grump. I mean, oh. he is so grumpy and he so stern. stern and so unsmiling. Prickly. That you're like, Just. how's this guy going to ever, how's he ever going to soften and have love, you know? <gasps> It's crazy. I don't. Should I? I'm gonna tell you yes, who his heroine is. You're gonna die. You're oh gonna my god! Die. Tell me everything. Tell me. Warren heroine is Jamie's niece. <gasps> Wait. Yes. The one we meet in it, this book. Amy. <gasps> Amy. Like she's oh. young. She isn't even out yet, but Shit. she will be. <gasps> oh. She's very. My gosh. So compared to him, she is young. There's. I mean. I think it's an age gap, but at the same time, in the land, you know, in historical world, in Regency world, times, nah, it's they didn't really identify the age gap when no. the girl's eighteen and he's thirty something because that was just normal. Was, yeah. But we know now it is an age gap, yeah, and we know it's an age gap romance because he's hung up on it. He's like, "You are way too young for me. Oh. Back off!" And she's like, in his face, <gasps> "I will not back off." Like I, it was for me as a, like, I probably read it when I was like 19, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, it was such an eye-opening book because I'd never read a heroine who was the aggressor. Like a take charge heroine. Yeah. She hunts him. <laughs> and he's like, you're crazy and stay away from me. Like, oh my gosh. She's like, nope, you and I are destined and I'm going to stop your ass. And, and he's I'm like, so you're going to die. You're going to die. Oh, okay. That's really exciting. I think I have right. to get that audio Sorry. Book immediately. Yes. yes. You will. I, it's just, it's how she, it's how that romance is handled. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. 
so this happens, right? And it's obvious, like, you know, he knows. And then at the end, when mm-hmm. they're all done, she gets mad at him about something. And I can't remember what it was. I, you know, like I said, I've reread it so many times. But, you know, like, here you're going through the romance. And yeah. for romance reasons, there's yeah. the breakup. She, she does a like, huff. Right? Yes. Yeah. They... We go through the breakup. She well, it's kind of yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wait, I think I remember. Wasn't it like he was just like, "I will it's... keep you as my mistress," and she's no, like, not yet. No, he never actually no. says oh, that to her. There's another okay. one. Okay, yeah. So this one, I think it has to do with like how long he's known, or you know, something something fairly trivial as far as their relationship is concerned. But I liked it because it it once again showed. Georgie and her agency and like the badass heroine that she is Mm -hmm. because she's like stomping around the room naked being like oh no I will not sleep in your bed anymore and like and then you know the but they basically spend the rest of the trip to Jamaica as lovers and he she's still the cabin boy according to everyone else but Mm -hmm. to him like they're together now so then they get to Jamaica, and his plan is, I'm going to invite her over to my plantation for dinner. I'm going to show her what a lavish life I can give her, and then I'm going to ask her to be my mistress. And, That's it. Yeah. And her plan is to find one of her brother's ships, but right. she realizes that, like, the ship is there. They're, like, next door. And so she scurries mm-hmm. off the boat to be like, oh, I'm just going to chat with Drew for a minute and let him know that I, w- right. I am gone. I am not at home and that I do need a ride home. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. she's pretty afraid of what her brothers are going to do because she wasn't supposed to do this at all. But what she doesn't realize is that they're basically five minutes from leaving. So mm-hmm. as Drew is yelling at her, they're shoving off, and she now has no chance to explain to James, to say goodbye to James. Right. Right. She she, she left her, like, all of her stuff, including a jade ring that her dad gave her and is, like, precious to her on his mm-hmm. boat. And so from her end, her brothers are like, Wow. She's really heartbroken over Malcolm. Bitch won't stop crying. Oh my god! Like yeah, like yeah. They have she's no so idea. <laughs> she's become that she was the lover this whole time of yeah. really one of their their who they see perceive as an enemy because he was a yeah. privateer, right? They were yeah. yeah. He did pirates um, on it, them, right? So yeah. then, from his perspective, he's like, oh my god, that's so, when he the looks out just the window, fucked off, yeah. So, yeah, and when it uh huh, and what does he see when he looks out the porthole or whatever? He, at the, across? Sees, he sees Drew yelling at her on the deck and shaking her by the shoulders, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, that's a that is murder. That is yeah. he deserves a murder now." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he can't get out for there in time because the the ship has and, already. And then doesn't he see at the end he hugs her too? Like so yeah, he's like yeah. thinking all kinds of things. Oh, like yeah. Who is he's this? a mess. Which is still kind of funny that he's like, who's that to her? Like, I, know. I mean, dude, you know she was a virgin and she was super inexperienced, but it's okay. Yeah. He just sees red. He sees red. Absolutely. And we love it when they lose their minds. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And he does. He abandons all of his plans that he had in Jamaica. And he's like, we're going after that boat. Like, I want to leave in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 
everyone thinks they're going to get like shore leave and get to party. And they're yeah. like, nope, here we go. And they're like, what is wrong with him? He's, he's he going after no fun. the cabin boy. That's uh, right. <laughs> so, okay. So she gets back to Bridgeport. There's a bit of like, uh, well, there are so many brothers and we're in all of their heads and yeah. it's it's great, but it's like it's very old school romance to me. You know, like we mm-hmm. do head hop now, but it's right. like much cleaner. Um, anyway, so but I did really like it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe people want to explore that again. I don't know. Anyway, so they're like, Georgie, you're a mess and we don't know what's going on. And we're very mad at you for doing a man know. thing. Basically. They're so exasperating. I mean, they the misogyny is a lot, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. They're Most like, definitely. little sisters, stay in your place. You mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be protected and cosseted. And, you know, you yeah. can't go off in adventures like this. No. Oh, my God. And if they even knew what she'd been doing. Honestly, when they do find out. So, okay. Uh-huh. So then they're going to, like, have a party or something. And she is dressed in a dress that is made for the times. And they're like, tits! Ah, what's happening? No, put those away. away. Unclean. I can't unsee it. Like it's so. And she says, "You either shut up about my dress, or I'm going to the party naked." And I I am not joking about that. I am 22 years old. Yeah. Yes. And and she's like, and you, I have seen you with women in lower yeah. cut bodices than this. So go fuck yourselves, you hypocrites. Yeah, they're all handsome. They're all flirts. She knows they all have mistresses. Uh-huh. Like, it's just, no. And yeah, and she has none of it. And I, I fucking love it because they also, yeah. they begrudgingly respect it. And it's, yeah. it's charming. It's great. So... Meanwhile, it's been like a month. All right. It's taken that long because apparently they did not set off in an hour and he's outside of Bridgeport, but he can't go into port because he was a pirate right. before. He's kind of a wanted man. Like he shouldn't be there at all. Like he, he should stay off hanged. his coastline. Exactly. <laughs> like on the spot. Exactly. <laughs> and they know. So he sends men to figure out the lay of the land and the men come sure. back and they're like, Okay, she wasn't lying about owning her own ship. She is the princess of this shipping company. And right. you have and you fucked up many there. of her yes. brothers on the high seas. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. It's bad. You need to get they're like, you need to go away. Like you yeah. can't do this. Yeah. And he's like to- he's like, absolutely not. This is it's my time. I'm gonna go. Right. And and it's great because in his head, he's like she didn't say goodbye to me, and I am capital M mad, and that's why I'm going after her, not because I'm desperately in love with her and I right. have to he's have so, her for my yeah, own. Yeah, he's so deluding himself <laughs> here, right? He's not going after her because he actually can't live yeah. without her. He can't live. <laughs> it's so uh-huh. good. Right? Oh, my God. And then- The lies he tells himself. Oh, it's, oh, it's delicious. So he shows up at her fancy party and her boobs are out and he loves it. Um, He seriously loves it. He's just like, wow, she looks so good in lady, lady gear. Um, But I did really like it. And she's, he says out loud, like, loved it. Like, I like the Uh way you look, but I loved your breeches more for how it made certain assets look 
or something like that. Yeah, he like outs her in front of her brothers. It's horror. It's in front yes. of all of Bridgeport society. In fact, yeah, yeah, like everybody's there, and so they're all like, "Hey, fucker." I like we should probably do this in the study or something. And he's like, I'll say whatever I want out here. But they do get him to the study finally. And uh, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, are these all the brothers you were telling me about? Like, there are so many of them. She's like, yeah. Like, can you cool it a tiny bit? Because I didn't actually tell them anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. One crucial thing about this and about her naivete is that she didn't know what arousal was. But as soon as she goes away from Jamaica, this lady knows she's pregnant. So, like, I I sort of don't (laughs) don't know how that. Yeah, she pieces that together pretty quickly. (laughs) And it's just about, like, she's not, she's not, she doesn't have morning sickness. It's just like her boobs are a tiny bit bigger. And she's like, oh, definitely preggers now. So I don't know how those two things coexist, but I don't hate it either, you know. Because we want her to know. Because romance reasons, we got to move this plot along. That's why. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he shows up and he does not help himself at all because this is this is sort of my argument for why he's a little bit of a St. Vincent. Like, I think I think St. Vincent might have been, you know, it might have been a little bit of an homage to James Mallory because he's just like, yeah, I fucked your sister. Yeah. Whole time. I love it. I love it. Because you're like, he's not going to go there. He's no. not going to do that. And he 100% does. Like, he, he wants, and you know now what he's doing, right? Yeah. Can we yeah, say yeah. what he's doing? Totally say it. Yeah. I mean, he's backing them into a corner. Yes. He's letting them know, I quote, ruined your oh, sister. She's toast. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to make us get married? Oh, okay. How like, to twist not my arm along. <laughs> I'm going to fight it, though. Oh, I don't want to get married to her. Where's your parson? I don't think it'll right? be hard to find him. <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah. So that's what he's doing. And I feel like he even knows it in the moment, but he's still lying to himself about it. And that's also delicious. But yeah. So, yeah, he gets the absolute hell beat out of him because not only does he basically, like, talk about going down on her. Like, there's a moment where they're like, what did you do to my sister? And he's like, well, in what position? Or, like, you know what I did to your sister. It's so good. Or, like, he, <laughs> I mean, these are, there are things that brothers should never know about no. their sisters. Honestly. Honestly. Huh. So they're like, you have to marry her. And he's like, don't, uh, it sounds terrible. What a terrible thing to have happen to me. I said, I would never marry right. anyone. I hate this prefer. so much. But then, the yeah. but then one of the brothers is like, wait a second. You look familiar, though. You're a pirate. And she's oh. like, no, he's absolutely not a pirate. And he's like, oh, I totally am that pirate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did a big pirate on you and I stole a bunch of your cargo and like I shot at you I know I did and so now they're like not only are you going to get married to my sister but we're going to turn you in and have you hanged yeah so you're going to marry her so she's not ruined but we're mm-hmm. hanging you yeah we don't need you around we don't need you no. to be the husband and the father no we I mean and they don't except for the fact that like 
all of the brothers keep on noticing her being like, like yelling at him and then having that tirade turn into, and why aren't you sitting down? You're so, who messed up your face? (laughs) It's so good. She's like, somebody give me a tissue. And they all think it's going to be because she needs to blow her nose. And instead she's like, like wiping all the blood off of his mouth. And they're like, what's happening right now? It really was. (laughs) That whole scene was so cleverly orchestrated, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. as furious as she is, yeah, she's still so obviously enamored and yeah. worried about him. Yeah. And Joanna Lindsay shows us the same thing about him because he right. passes out after getting, pu- I mean, pummeled by five, you know, above yes. six, five men, basically. He does. He gets the shit beat out of him. <laughs> yeah. And then he wakes up. And he sees her like laying down on the couch and they, the brothers tell him that she fainted. And he's like, right. I have seen Georgie under so many circumstances. She is not a fainter. And so while he's simultaneously saying marrying her would be the, like, the kiss of death to me and I don't care about her at all. He's also crossing the entire room to kneel at her side and be like, right. how do we wake her up? Is she okay? <laughs> like- <laughs> right. He's, I mean, she's pregnant. He's, I mean, she, he's so worried, not just for his child, right? He's worried about her well-being. Yeah. I'm not sure he knows about the child yet. I think she oh, at shouts that, point, that. Has it not yeah, been revealed? I don't think yeah. so because the brothers don't know. I think, okay. So then the next thing that happens. And we when does get that get it. revealed? On the ship, because they go okay. back to a okay. ship. Okay. <laughs> We're on a ship again, guys. So they lock him up. They get them married, and they lock him up in the cellar because they're going to do, like, they're going to get a magistrate or something. And right. They're going to do this hanging the right way. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so then they also, like, capture his whole crew and lock them up on the boat. And so she convinces two of her brothers to help her escape them. They're going to spring them from all the traps. So they go and they get everybody on the ship and uh, like they get him and oh well, yeah, they get the ship first and then they get him, bring him back and it's a whole thing. The brothers end up getting tied up for some reason. I really don't know why. And he is like oh, no, I'm bringing you with me. They forced you upon me, and so I'm going to keep you. Yeah, right. So, Again, this because it's the right thing, it's the thing I have to do, but I don't really want to. Yeah, and this is the perfect setup for her to be like, you're just keeping me to have revenge on my brothers, aren't you? And he, yes. <laughs> he won't correct her. <laughs> Meanwhile, they still can't keep their hands off each other. And so... Yeah. They're just basically like screaming at each other or boning down the whole time. It's fantastic, frankly. And one of the things she shouts on the way out the door is like, like you would be a ter- like something about the child or you would be a terrible father yeah. or, you know, whatever. And she's not even sure he heard her. So then he like takes her back to their family townhouse And she's like, I bet he's just going to introduce me to everyone just so that it hurts more when he puts me back on a boat to America, because obviously he doesn't want me. (laughs) Just like, George, (laughs) cool it. And now it's Mallory family times. She meets everybody. Nobody believes that James is married. And they keep on, like, everybody keeps on basically, like, 
in the fetal position on the floor laughing so hard because he's been caught, basically. Right. And then her brothers show up. And he refuses to let them see her because he knows that there's five of them and there's a pretty good chance that they can like bodily overcome him and take her and he won't let anyone take her from him again. <laughs> it's such a big epic book too when you think about yeah. like look at the or like look at where it goes. Starts in England, all those pages of her hunting down the betrothed mm-hmm. on the ship, then after the ship, you know, the port, they make it to the West Indies. Mm-hmm. Then from there, they go to Bridge, you know, Connecticut. Then mm-hmm. from Connecticut to England. I mean, it covers a lot of ground. It does. And in, in Heaving Bosom's language, it goes from England times to pirate times to America times, back to pirate times, and then England times right. again. Like, right. it's kind of amazing. Yes, it yeah. does. It does a lot. And the conflicts kind of are always being twisted and turned, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's all, you, a lot of it is misunderstanding. And sure. that seems like such a no-no. Like we say that's never enough for a book to find, to that it be grounded, that the conflict be grounded on misunderstandings. Yeah. But this book is grounded on one misunderstanding after another, and it mm-hmm. totally works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Misunderstandings heaped onto mistakes, I like, like it's just right. Right. <laughs> it's really fun. So the brothers show up, and she's like, "Well, I have to talk to my brothers." And my husband is being like really unreasonable about right. this. And that's a real external conflict. Her brothers yeah. do present a true external conflict. Absolutely, absolutely. Because they're they're fixing to take her. Like the last time, right. the two brothers who helped her spring them. The last time they saw her, she was gagged and under James's arm. Like right. he was they carrying her is... like a sack of potatoes. Right. So like they're serious business right now. But she knows that once she tells them, like, I, I love him. I, you know, I want to stay. Right. That they'll honor that. Stay. Or at least four I of them him. will. Having a baby. Yeah. Warren won't. But the rest of them nope. will. <laughs> Which is why Warren out of all of them is the worst. I mean, he's the one that won't. He doesn't. That's why, dear listener, mm-hmm. if you haven't read Warren's book, you're going to want to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So basically she keeps sneaking out. And sometimes she gets snoot booped by the family. And other times they like give her money to help her. And she makes it on to like Warren comes and she hears him shouting at at James and James is like I'm not gonna let you have her it's very it's very um when Saint Vincent yells um I would kill her before I let you have her like it's one of those (laughs) so um okay so then she though then goes out the back to be like Warren everything's cool like we can we can just be family now but right. he's like, in the carriage you go. I'm not hearing it. You're my captive now. I mean, and he's so, so frustrating. You just, I mean, you go from points where you want to shake Jamie so much, right? Yeah. And yeah. in this moment, you want to shake the shit out of Warren. Like, oh, you're yeah. not listening to your sister. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but the rest of her brothers are on side. And they're like... Don't worry. We just need to wait for him. 
to figure out you're gone and come get you. Right. And then at that point, we'll be able to like, we'll be able to sort of mediate it. And like, the other thing is, I feel like in a, so in a modern day historical, A, this book would start, I feel like when she's like, when the fiance is opening the door, you know? Yep. And then B, he would be the one to like find her at the docks and all that kind of thing. But in this book, he just gets sauced, passes out, and has no idea that she's been kidnapped until the morning. And I find it right. so charming. <laughs> I find it so charming, Sophie. <laughs> right? But he's a little, wait, wait a minute. How, I know. And she's still stuck on this, on the boat, right? With the yes. brothers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're so, still on the dock. They haven't like taken yeah, off. No. And they won't for like, I don't know, a week for pirate reasons. I don't know. So he gets on the boat and Warren's like, you're going to get off my boat right now. And he's like, not only am I a pissed off alpha, but I'm also hung over. So like, that's not going to happen. I'm real big mad right now. Mm-hmm. And so he is fighting off this like line of soldiers, expert pugilist that he is. And it is. And it feels like a Disney like moment where you see you can like see him charging ahead and he's just flipping bodies over himself yeah. like over his shoulders right yeah like he's just charging through a line of sentries and they're just like bowling pins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and meanwhile she runs up to Warren and is like enough of this this is ridiculous and he's like why are you here maybe she says like why are you here and then while he's just like punching a guy out he's like because I love you and it's so good and so then she's talking to Warren and she's like see he loves me and like I love him too and she's trying to convince him and that's when she hears over her shoulder oh you love me huh because he's gotten past everyone and yeah I just love that she never actually tells him at first. It's so fun. Yeah. So then they let her go and she's like, you're going to invite my brothers over to dinner tonight. And he's like, I absolutely will not do that. And she's like, mm. and he's like, will you please come to dinner? <laughs> he's so mad about it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like they're together forever, you know? <laughs> they are. And I mean, in subsequent books, like Warren. I mean, the reason you have a book again with Warren is hmm. they come over to visit and mm-hmm. he has to endure his brother's in-laws. Mm. And it's terrible. Like the way he stomachs <laughs> them in the worst way. Like the wor- like these are my in-laws and I hate them so but much. But they're still my enemies. Oh, my in-laws are coming, you know. Uh-huh. Well, and it's so funny because there's obviously a common denominator and that is the Mallory's because the other niece, Regina or Reggie or whatever right. her name is, they hate her husband too. And they years do. later, it's... they still can't be nice to him. <laughs> Joanna, Johanna Lindsay had fun with this. It does seem to be a, a reoccurring theme, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a book that, I mean, it took Regina's stories technically in Mallory Romance, I think, but it was so okay. much earlier. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. And they hated both Jamie, Anthony, they all hated. Regina's husband. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't change, but they still, but now they're at, they're all in-laws and they're all related and they just tolerate each other. Mm -hmm. Well, and this, at the end of the book, at some point, I don't remember why, but she's like, well, you were forced to marry me anyway. And then he has to be like, I'm the master of my universe and I forced them to force me to marry you because I wanted you the whole time. (laughs) 
I love that we circled back to that because he's yeah. like, yeah, I pretty much made that happen. I had no reason to come to Connecticut. Like, exactly. What are you talking about? <laughs> what to like tell you I'm mad at you for not saying goodbye? Yeah. Like, yes. Like what? Oh God, it's so. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Yeah. Yes. Young Sophie Jordan was definitely shaped by books like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. really liked it. And it like it's still it still firmly feels like a 90s book, you know, like the the head hopping that was done in this book is very right, very retro. And long narratives. Long narrative. In yeah. a lot in a lot of instances. Like mm-hmm. the story is so good. It does God, take a bit of a meander to We get don't have patience sometimes. for a lot of that anymore. No, we don't. Like, no. we want to get to that story. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Want to get to the story. Don't need the long narrative. Like you already pointed out, probably would start at a different place. Mm-hmm. But the story is what we remember. Because whenever I revisit these, you know, the OG books, I'm like, mm-hmm. gosh, I don't remember all this narrative. I don't remember it taking <laughs> to page 40 for the heroine and hero hero to meet yeah it's amazing we were just so accepting that was so normal yeah yeah well and I mean I think I think that's like romance is so often described as like an adventure story with a a woman at the center of it and Mm -hmm. I don't know that that necessarily fits anymore but that's exactly what this is it's her adventure yeah. story and the romance she picks up along the way that is pivotal right. and it is central and all the things. But this is Georgie's adventure. And absolutely. She meets her her person on the way. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I don't know that that's I don't know that that's applicable anymore, though. What do you think? I guess I still write very heroin centered stories mm-hmm. but but you're right like the fact that even as much as I center the heroine at the story mm-hmm. I'm very cognizant of like okay she has to meet the hero pretty soon like right. we got to get them together right right away yeah and in my scandalous ladies of London that these books definitely feel heroine centered, but mm. within the frame of the friendships too. Hot, yeah. So it's a double thing where I'm like, I could spend a lot of time setting up my heroine mm-hmm. and then setting up the friendships. And then down the road, they meet the hero. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like as I start thinking about romance more and more as like, you know, a, a genre. I don't know. I feel like we might be entering the era of the girl gang, you know? I feel like that. I mean, Sarah McLean has that, ser- you know, is yeah. writing the girl gang series right now. Right, right, right. I'm writing the Scandalous Ladies of London. I huh. feel like this might be something that was born of the pandemic. Yeah, where absolutely. we were locked in with our families and women were, we were stuck at home with our partner kids if you have kids mm-hmm. but the friendships you know we don't live with our besties right they're no. out there in the world and we were suddenly like distanced from them we were bereft of that time yeah and i mean we did what we could thank goodness 
it's a technology, you know, we live in the age of technology where yeah. we can FaceTime with them and we could have Zoom calls with them. But I think it came, I think it was kind of born of that, like, wow, more than ever do I realize how much I need my people, how, how much important. I need my crew, my girl gang. I need yes. my women yes. in my life more than ever. Yes. Um, and I yeah. love seeing that I reflected ached. in romance. And I ached for that, you know, I ached for, you know, there was in the, in the world of writing there, we didn't have conferences. We didn't have writing retreats. Right. I could not be with my people and it was, you know, super challenging for all of us. Sure. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense in a way, I think. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Because I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where suddenly we're stuck in this fishbowl and you realize just how much energy you drew from certain people or like certain events and the way that we organize around community and how, oh God, just how important it is and and how, how to like try and remake that. And I, I almost feel like reading these books is, is sort of an act of healing from mm-hmm. the pandemic too and I, and I don't know if that if it feels that way writing it but like it definitely feels like like a a nearly medicinal experience to read these books I, where the girl I definitely gang is... feel like the type of books I started writing in the pandemic yes it, it was therapeutic mm. you know it it changed I know a few authors, I know a lot of authors had come to moments, you know, they, okay. they wrote their happy books. They wrote books that were different than anything they've ever written. Yeah. But it was a time to try something different. On that token, it also had the, there were writers who couldn't write during it, right? Everybody was yeah. reacting to it in some way, right? Yeah. Like more, it was more important than ever that for me personally, that I find my joy in writing again. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Mm-hmm. Um but some people reacted where it was just the, you know, where it was impossible. The weight of it all the, was too crushing and they couldn't write. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that was a sad consequence rather than, you know, find my joy, write the best book I've ever written. But right, right, right. To each their own, right? We're all wandering through this world trying to figure it out. Truly. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I love talking to you. Oh my gosh. I know. It feels like we could just go on for another hour. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we should do lady loves. Do you have a lady love? Oh my gosh. You know, okay. As of a lot of lady, I'm into skincare like crazy. That's Hmm. like a personal lady love thing of mine. Oh my gosh. And there was some things like I could go on about like personal things, you know, I, you know. I've always talked about Golden Girls. It's always my background. I watch Golden Girls skincare in my air fryer. These are my lady loves in life. Ooh. Okay. Uh, please sell me an air fryer. What's the difference? What's Do you great? air fry? I No, I've never air fried. What What is? I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. First of all, like you can reheat food in 30 seconds in an air fryer. Okay. Like you put it in the microwave, it's soggy. You put it in the oven, it takes 10, 15 minutes. Like yeah. I can heat up a corn dog in two minutes. Not that I'm like a huge corn dog eater. That was just what popped in my head. Sure. But <laughs> I, during the pandemic, I started a whole new highlight tab on my Instagram Ooh. for food magic. 
and almost all of it was stuff I made in the air fryer. Cool. I learned to make my, I have a 15 year old boy that eats like at least 50,000 calories a day. Yeah. Yeah. And Not looking forward I'm to like, well, we got to, he loves fried chicken. I'm like, I learned how to quote fry things in an air fryer. Ooh. That's just amazing. Right. Without the oil, like yeah. cutting back, it's so much more nutritious. So mm -hmm. that I, I air fry a lot of chicken. I learned how to make wontons stuffed wontons yum egg rolls like so many fun things like i just was always experimenting um i think i've had my air fryer actually prior to the pandemic but i didn't i didn't really start using it yeah until the pandemic and then i loved it like you can do pizzas in there it's crazy you can do so a whole that's chicken really cool. like if you have a deep air fryer you can do a whole chicken and the way it just you know it makes it's perfect because it circulates air all around evenly it's amazing that's really cool. So big proponent of their fryer, skincare products. I was doing those under the eye patches before. Now they're all the rays. Like I turn on social media. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. those little, the under eye patches are mm -hmm. everywhere. I was like, I've been using those for a while. I mean, I don't think they're going to, it's not that they take away. It's as much as, you know, I am now of a certain age. When I wake up in the morning, I am super puffy under there. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. keep them in the fridge. And when you put them on, it's like rejuvenates you. You feel like a whole new person. It just takes away all that swelling and puppy. So well, I love nice. the dry patches. What else did I say, Mel? You said skincare, air fryer, and Golden Girls. Golden Girls. They're my background. They're like, they're, you know, it's nice, especially writing my scandalous ladies, right? Hell yeah. But I don't like to write in silence. Okay. I don't know. Do you work in silence? Not usually, No. No, there's usually like um, some sort of musical background, at least Music like instrumental. Yeah. I um or, or or podcasts. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. See, if I get too sucked into like, I mean, I like I've entered a new phase. See, why haven't I shared this? Because this is the thing that is the most new for me. <gasps> Tell me everything. Golden Girls have been in the background for like 10 years for me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Air fryers for three years now. Eye uh -huh. patches for at least two a year to two. I have just started on the audio bandwagon. Oh, yeah? I mean, obviously, I'm a reader because I'm a writer. Yeah. But I'll read a little before bed, and I'm just so exhausted, I'll start to fall asleep. So it's just yeah. taking me too long to get to all the books I want to get to. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get an Audible subscription. I'm just going to start doing it. And now car rides while I'm doing laundry, while I'm mm -hmm. putting the kids' lunch together in the mornings, I easily... And like two books a week, just audio. That's great. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. it. And there's so I, many good oh, narrators. So many good narrators. Yeah. If I possibly can, I read almost exclusively in audio these days. Just because like I can't, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's can't keep because up. of the, yeah, I, I can't, it's the read fast enough thing, right? Right. And I think it's partially because I can multitask, but also the only time I can usually like devote just to eye reading is just like you right before bed. And if I've taken a melatonin, there's You're a really out. good chance that like I, I I'll read 50 pages. Do not remember 20 of them. Oh, that too. Even though I was awake and, the whole time. <laughs> and the thing you can't discount mm -hmm. is the fact that you can set the speed on your audio too. I like, love you know, that. Like sometimes mm -hmm. the voice is just so slow, it's a drone. And I'm like, yeah. oh, going up to 1.4, oh, uh -huh. perfect, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny, I just, um, I, I'm waiting for the retailers to finally put um, Toxic Desire out 
for sale because I narrated that and I'm going to be doing the rest of the series. But one of the early things that I had to sort of like re-record, re-record, re-record was just figuring out the speed because I like it fast, but I'm also like, there's obviously a reason that narrators read slower, you know? Right. Right. So it's tough. But yeah, figuring that out was really interesting. Well, I guess everyone should figure out, right? I guess I've never considered it from the point of the narrator. Yeah. But they're doing, you know, what is their quote, normal speed. And I think that's fine. Do your speed. Yeah. And I'm just going to adjust it to my liking. That's the thing, right? Like we have the technology where we can do that and you don't sound like a squirrel at the end. Right. And like that, (laughs) that is amazing. Yeah. I'm. I mean, and I, and it's fascinating. There's so many readers that are now reading, you know, I think audio is more popular than ever. Yeah. The sales very much matter for us as authors. They're a big yeah. part of the pie now. Yep. And there are readers who just follow, they find their favorite narrators and just follow the narrators. That's so mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Yeah. 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 It's really fun. Yeah. They have their favorite. I mean, so Justine and is the narrator for The Countess, the first scandalous ladies in nice. London. And someone just yesterday asked me on like a Facebook post, who's the narrator? And I was like, Justine Eyre. And she was like, she's my favorite. Everyone. And I was like, that's just so funny. They know the narrators as easily as they know the authors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an art form. It's really hard to do. It's I, I love it. I love it. Having a really talented actor bring it to life is just, I feel like it it's amazing. adds. amazing, yes. Yeah, it, it is adds something new to the art form. It's definitely a skill, a talent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, those were incredible lady loves. Oh my gosh. Um, I have also been into skincare, especially recently, because I feel like I'm in a transition phase where like, you know, I'm turning 36 next month, but I've started noticing <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I've started noticing like, you know, things, things just change. Like I looked at my hands for the first time and I was like, I could describe that as papery, you know, like that's, that's just funny. go get some moisturizer. Yeah. I, I will not, I will never not emphasize the importance of moisturizer. Yeah. On your hands, on your face. I had a, I had a friend, Carolyn Sparks. She told me once, she's like, don't forget the neck. The, and the neck and the chest. The, yeah. the chest. It's like we think of our face, but we forget about the neck and the upper chest. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't forget about it. That will look mm-hmm. wrinkly too. And I, yeah. Or just, you know, liney. And I was like, that's a good point. No, that's a great point. Actually, so I have a um I have a 22-year-old sister. And last May we were both at our brother's wedding. And like I'm much older and I was out of the house for a lot of her life. So we we don't have like a traditional sibling relationship. We're more mm-hmm. like, you know, more, more like friends, really. Even though I know siblings can be friends. It's just it feels different. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I was like unsolicited beauty advice from your older sister, like much older mm-hmm. sister. Get in on it now. SPF, the face, the chest. Yes. And the yes. hands, the back of your hands. If you're driving around California, you should either have gloves on or Absolutely. you should always have sunscreen on your hands. So that's what's amazing is so many of these, so many skincare products and even makeup have a low level SPF. And I think that's yeah. so important. I try to tell my daughter the same thing. Like, I, you know, I like the tinted moisturizer yeah. that yeah. has SPF like 45 in it. It's 
it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I wish I had been doing it since I was age 20. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so funny, too, because the last time we were in Taiwan, one of my like older great aunts, she has literal driving gloves that go all the way up to her elbow. Wow. Because of the tropical sun. That's care. Isn't that amazing? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, die. That's, <laughs> that's serious. Well, you know, haven't you seen that ad going around about the truck driver? Have you seen no. that one? No. When we get off, just Google truck driver with sun damaged face. Ooh, okay. So what the what the ad shows is this, like it's as though a line is da- goes down the center of his face. Yeah. And this side of his face was the <gasps> side that was exposed the side. to UV rays through the sun. And this side was not because it was, you know, oh people, God. you know, the right side of his face in was in the interior of the cab. The yeah. left side of his face was exposed to the sunlight through the window. And it is shocking. The Whoa. difference, the damage on the left side of his face versus the right side of his face. The left side of his face looks at least 20 years old. Holy wow. It's wild. All right. So I see it on lots of that. I've seen this around many, many times. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a hack. It doesn't seem like it's a hack. Yeah. But I mean, listen, it, sometimes we know if the it, damage sun does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it gets me to do the smart thing and just put some right. goddamn sunscreen on my face, then yes, it's it's yeah. it's a net benefit. <laughs> I mean, hey, we got to take it. And it's not just for superficial, shallow reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, skin cancer is real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. OK, so tell everybody where they can find you on the Internet. OK, I am very happy on Instagram. Pretty yeah. active there. So Sophie Jordan. And then if you want to see my food magic, you know, highlights, all of my air fry stuff is there. Since I mentioned it, I might as well mention that too. Hell yeah. Um, Sophie Jordan on Facebook. I do have a private Facebook group for readers just so I don't like glom up my just general page. Like, so Mm -hmm. if you think you're really into my books, you're you consider yourself an avid reader. You're really interested in my writing and my writing progress. Sophie's Sirens is the name of my Facebook group. So just request, you can go in and request to join. And I'm less active on Twitter, but but I'm there, just Mm. less so. Yeah, same. Same. I'm usually only on Twitter if I can schedule it through a social media managing site. Twitter's Twitter's sort of its own hellscape, right? But yeah, um, yeah, Instagram and Facebook. I do on my website. I have a newsletter join, which reminds me since this is my release week, I need to send out my newsletter. (laughs) I need to get on that. When I hang up with you, I'm going to go do that. Nice. All right. Perfect. Okay. So keeping a badass and love yourself as much as you love mistaking arousal for nausea. Uh, Wow. Wow. I'm never going to forget that. That's that's burned into my brain. It is. It's forever. it's branded in my oh yeah. Core me- it's a core memory for sure. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs>